Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 63. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today our show is The Inspiration of Art. Now, at any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment just by scrolling down on your screen and typing the co- typing it into the comment box. And uh, make sure you click submit and so that it'll show up on my screen and I can share it with our guests. Or if you prefer and you are brave, you are definitely welcome to dial into our conference line at 323-476-3997. And your ID is 607-393-POUND. If that went by a little too fast for you, not to worry. It will come up as we go on with our show. Our special guest today is a world-renowned multicultural visual artist. She's an award-winning author and a children's book illustrator. She is also a popular speaker and architectural designer who has garnered numerous awards over her 40-plus year career. You're not going to believe that part when you see her, (laughs) including the prestigious Trumpet Award. She's the most celebrated for designing the first Kwanzaa stamp for the U.S. Postal Service in 1997, for which she received a History Marker Award, sorry, a History Maker Award and for the international cover art of the Terry Macmillan's book, Waiting to Exhale. But very few know that her art has been featured internationally in the United States Art and Embassies program since the 1990s, which I just found out about as well. So please uh, join me as we are so honored here at Yoga Hub, and it truly, truly gives me great pleasure to have with us today my very dear friend and who I call my sister, as part of our sisterhood, <laughs> Cynthia St. James. Hello, Cynthia. Welcome to Yoga Hub. I'm so happy to be here. I was waiting for the little piggy to do the little shouts and noises. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> the real thing steps up to the plate. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but it's great to be here, Christina. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I mean, I know you're traveling all over this world, just inspiring everyone with your art. And it's magnificent. I know you inspired me years ago when we first met. And, and I just would think, oh, my God, if I could do that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, Sithi, can you share with us a little of your history, your background, your like where you're from, your childhood, so people have a little understanding of you? Of where I came from. There you go. Right. Well, actually, um, when I was six years old, I found out that I was actually born in Los Angeles, California. I thought I was born in New York. Because oh. uh, my mom and dad were both uh, born and raised New Yorkers. And the first time I was in New York, I was two. All right. See. Okay. All right. So I, so I didn't get that fact till I showed up at elementary school in Los Angeles with a thick New York accent, <laughs> feeling very much, ex- very much like an exotic person. 
And I went home and my mom burst my bubble and she told me you were born here. Right. So wow. actually born, um, raised in New York and in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, went to the oldest uh, high school here, Los Angeles High, graduated in 67. Uh, did some college here, LA Valley College, and then back east, uh, Duchess Community College up in Poughkeepsie, New York. So did you tra- did your family travel back and forth? My grandmother, uh, originally from the South, South Carolina, moved into New York when she was a teenager. Mm. Uh, and at some point after my mom was married and raising her family, she moved to California. So that's why the somewhat of a little bit back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, now, right before when we were just before we kind of opened the show live, you you had shared a little bit about your grandparents and your lineage. I mean, would oh. you be comfortable sharing that? Oh, sure, sure. In fact, I used to have it on my bio, but I said, well, let me just save a paragraph or something else. But uh, their heritages that I know of uh, are my grandfather, my mother's father was Haitian, and then her mother was a uh, uh, African and, and white European and Cherokee. Okay. African, My, well, white she was, European she was, yeah. and Cherokee. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, <laughs> and then my dad's mom was German Jew and Cherokee. And wow, a lot of Cherokee. Yes. Cherokee on both sides. And I think that's part of the Asian too. And then my grandfather uh, looked very much like he was from the Gullah Islands, which is very, very black. Mm. You know, the really, I call it burnt umber, the color, really black. So, um, and, but I don't really know anything about his history. He was in the South Alabama area. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, he looked like a Gullah man to me. A Gullah. Yeah, the Gullah Islands off the coast of uh, North Carolina, mm. South Carolina, you know, that whole little well, most of the people are most uh, Hilton Head. Most people think of Hilton Head when they mm. think of the Gull Islands. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's quite a mixture. Yes. You have, you have basically the range from the very fair, fair skin mm-hmm. complexion to the very dark yes. complexion. From the blue eyes to the brown. From the... Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, okay, let's see what strain the next generation gets. And the next right, generation, right. right. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. With a little Asian flown and thrown in there as well. That's why I'm she's sure. my Asian sister. I'm sure because uh, my mother actually, uh, that looked very much like her dad, that was Haitian. Actually, mm-hmm. looked East Indian. She looked more East Indian. No, that's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so you, it's it's hard, isn't it, to to actually find the lineage and and create the family tree again. In some cases. In some, in some cases, and then the older generation really didn't want to talk about those times because yeah. a lot of them weren't happy times, so they really didn't want to share it. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I, I understand. I, yeah. I do believe in, in uh, I've run into many people who, who have that situation where it's like, and in those times it's like mum's the word. Yes. It's like, you, are you part of the family or are you adopted? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, so-and-so raised you. Oh, so-and-so raised me, but who is so-and-so? Uh-huh. Uh, well, just think of them as a relative. <laughs> right, right, right. That's about it's, how that went. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a true blood relative or not? Yeah. It's like it goes. And I've been adopted uh, since a, as a little girl, uh, always by Asian families, Chinese and Japanese. Now, how did that come about? 
Um, oh, boy. Just being in a place uh, around a group of people that my mother knew. Yes. Uh, and, and then other families there would meet me, and then they would kind of like adopt me. So I had oh. a Chinese family early on, and I had a Japanese family. So back when I was really little, I was already dressing in Asian clothes. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that that's saying a lot because that's saying a lot about your parents and, and how they intermixed with other cultures and, um, and uh, basically the demographics that they mixed with. Because, you know, there, there was a time where that didn't happen. No. And then just to go along with that whole Asian thing, I know we spoke about this, Christina, some time ago. I was the first, quote unquote, black person to work at the Gorman's Chinese Theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. With my Susie Wong fitted Western costume gown. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They really did it right back then. They fit every uh, box office person or usher. Or, and we all were fitted to Susie Wong type long gowns. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You see, you should have your handprint. I was the first African American who worked here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Uh Oh, that's a good story. Oh, Uh my gosh. Do you still have that outfit? I wish I did. You know, it was clean and it was part of Western costume. Oh, I see. Yeah. You should see if you can find it because it would be so cool to go back and get it. It would be so cool if I was smart enough to have taken a picture in in that back then. I I wonder if they, they might still have them, you know. Hey, I, I would look into it because it would be so cool to go back there, get the costume on, go back there and have a picture taken. 1967. There you go. I'm sure they have it. I could f- use my black one. <laughs> I have a short black one, you know, dress. Oh, then yeah. you have to do it. You Maybe see? that's what I'll do. Yes, yes. Okay. If we could get, if, if we can find the original, great. And if we can't, then use your short black one. And right. <laughs> That's going to be on your next birthday. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Only if you come. Oh, definitely. Okay. Okay. Only if I get to take the picture. No. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So that's uh, quite a background. (laughs) And so it's almost like, um, you know, I always, uh, I mean, our audience will get a sense of your artwork as as we go on with this, uh, our interview here, but it's, it's almost like so many parts of your life, who you are, you've brought completely into your art. Yes. You really, is the representations of <clears throat> all the different cultures that, have, that you're part of mm-hmm. and the bloodlines, as well as being inspired by, you know, the, the, the diversity that's been around you most of your life. Or childhood, really. Right. And that's why I uh, adopted uh, multicultural artists. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with myself as well as my work. Yes, right. yes, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And and I, in some respects, in the Chinese culture and Asian cultures, when we adopt another, it's it's almost like becoming the godchild or the you becoming the godparent, mm-hmm. you know, of of the next one. So that's so lovely that you've just been taken in. <laughs> <laughs> I've adopted you as my sister. Yes, and, okay. we, and we can't we can't forget Dolores. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah, yes. That that is. That she was very inspirational for you, wasn't she? Yes, very much so. She adopted me the day she saw me, uh, but she decided that her phrase was, "I was." She was my Chinese auntie. 
she prefers that. So, so she's not really godmother. She's my Chinese auntie. And and did you? This is Dolores Wong, yes. Who who has been quite a her and her husband has been quite uh, a staple here in the Chinese community, right in in uh, Los Angeles. Yes, her husband was the first uh, Chinese judge in America. In America, yeah. Very, yeah. Then another inspiration right there. Mm-hmm. Now, and how did you meet them? Um, I was receiving the YWCA uh, Silver Achievement Honor um, at the Amison. Miss Amison and Miss Link letter was pouring the tea. Wow! And she was, she was there. She was at the event. Mm. Yeah, and uh, then she gravitated to me, and because she thought I was Chinese too, and she, and we talked. She has one of her, her grandchildren uh, is a mix, black and Chinese. Mm. Yeah, so she even has family. In. Yeah. Oh, how wonderful. Uh-huh. So one thing led to the next. Now you're an adopted niece. Yes, yeah, I'm an adopted <laughs> niece. I have a Chinese auntie. Yeah. Uh, so thinking back now, Cynthia, what, when and at what age did you know that you wanted to immerse yourself in art? I actually was five. Five. Five years old. <laughs> Man, I'm, yeah. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously, at five. So what was it? I, you know what? I, I just know it. I can't explain it. Um, there was nothing spectacular about what I was doing. I was coloring and drawing like my siblings were. But something in me wanted it to be something, not just a play thing. Mm. Um, I believe I realized it further, more concretely when I was about 11 or 12. Um, and then to really date that for the first Moulin Rouge as a, a young teen, uh, the whole story of Toulouse-Lautrec and the French Impressionists was my favorite film. Um, mm. but what it did for me is it told me, encouraged me in a way of all the things I didn't want to do. You know, I didn't want to live my life with that within my lifetime. I wasn't living and selling my art like so many mm. of the impressionists didn't sell their art, weren't able to. Right. Um, most of them died in their 30s. And so I made a point that I wanted to get way past 30. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm 64, so I did that. And, um, and the other part, my favorite word in the French impressionists were that dipsomania and that I would not become a dipsomaniac. And a dipso- can you... No, just imagine dip. Just imagine dipping. Yes. Art, yeah. That what comes to mind. Okay. Just... An alcoholic. A dips. A dipsomaniac. Wow. If you look it up in a dictionary, it's mm-hmm. in the English dictionary as well. A dipso- it was called dipsomania back in that century. Wow. So if you read about uh, quite a few of the French Impressionists, it will say that they were a dipsomaniac or whatever. And uh, when I was first reading about that... Uh, As a teenager. It, well, actually not until I was in my early 20s. That's when I looked up the word and, and found out. And I include that in most all my lectures. Oh, that's good. It's like a, a what? And everybody starts using it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You're bringing back a, a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dipsomania. From what, the 18th century? Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. So that was the three things I got. And in my lifetime, basically it meant I wanted to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live long. And I wanted to actually be able to sell my art and live from my art in my lifetime. Now, you had other siblings as well? Yes, a multitude. 
Uh, oh, okay. So, uh, so older or younger? Um, there was one uh, interview that was so great, uh, a blended family. That's what she called it, a blended, a blended family. family. Because there were half steps and holes of both parents remarrying other children. So total children in this blended family are 11 children. Ele- now, d- did you all live together? No, the most I've ever, that we've ever lived together was seven of us, I believe. Wow. Seven or, yeah. So wow. it was big. So, so they were older and younger. Most of them younger. Um, I helped raise some of the younger ones. You those, know, because if, the the if you're the big sister, you know, you're cooking and, yes, you know, yes. you're ironing clothes and all those things. So, so, my goodness. So it wasn't like you were, you were inspired by like an older sibling. With your no. work or your art or anything, no. It was a I want to get away. I to do art. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh wow! So, so here you go. You are five years old. You know that you love art, and by the teen, by your teens, you that's sort of really there's more cemented, and uh, the dream of that being able to become a reality at some point in my life. So in school, um, I, I know I'm, I'm only familiar with Canada. I'm starting to get to know the schools mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, I know by high school, which is, high school is considered grade eight up there. Um, they do have uh, art, cor- like not a course, but uh, like within your scheduled curriculum, you mm-hmm. do have art. That, I mean, that you can elect See, what they uh, called it here was an elective. So right. basically uh, what you could do in what is now called middle school and in high school, you would get an elective. You know, that's just a, that's more like a treat. You get to take this class just because you want to. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I do. I think I believe that in grade eight, which was the first year in quote unquote high school, mm-hmm. um, they... It was a multitude of everything. So you had a little, uh, you didn't really have a lot of choice. They just wanted you to touch into all the different components from the art to the cooking to the woodwork, you know, things like that. So that by grade nine, you can choose your elective then. Okay. You had a sense of it and you can go, oh, I really enjoyed this. And then you'd know to go into that area. Wouldn't that be nice if that was like that now? Uh, yeah, well, as I say, I'm not really familiar with the system here now, and I really don't know what's offered in high school. I'm struggling with what's offered in elementary. <laughs> 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 you know, I was like, where's the art? Uh, where's the music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, when I was coming up, there w- there was more art, but as I'm saying, it was more like an elective kind of situation. I don't remember it being like, uh, by the time you... We're going into college. You could do more of a major. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, all of my uh, school, as far as uh, regular school, was uh, liberal arts. So I'm a, mm-hmm. uh, literally a self-taught artist. I never learned from a teacher. Uh, I had two electives: one in what they now call middle school, and one in high school. We had a drawing class. Basically, you drew. And when whatever your drawings look like, if they look good, this is the grade you got. No one was really teaching you how to draw. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That was more like that. And then in college, it was, again, liberal arts. Hmm. Um, because, um, because of several reasons, back in the late 60s, um, my parents, uh, 
particularly were concerned about what job I could get. Okay, so at some point I had to just branch away from all of that. And by this time I was living back in New York and I just went out into the world and became an accountant. <laughs> I, I thought, literally, literally, I went for a job interview and I was hired because of my printing. They liked my printing. So my artistic flavor got me my first job. As an accountant. I became an accountant. I came in as a file clerk for about two weeks, and they were already wanting me to learn accounting. So I came in and eventually was an accounts receivable clerk. And how long did you do that for? Um, the, first, the first stab at that, I've done several accounting jobs. But that first job, probably for at least two years or more, no. Um, yeah, actually more, about two years. But, you know, um, Universe has their own, this whole thing. It's actually where I sold my first painting. One of the lawyers in the mortgage insurance company that I worked for in New York uh, commissioned me to do a painting for his apartment. Mm. So in that accounting <sighs> setting, I got my first art commission. And that's where I started selling my art. Oh, that's magnificent. Yeah. Wow. So, so you just kept painting and... Well, in the beginning, I was painting for my apartment. My boyfriend and I, I had an apartment. I was painting to fill the walls. Right. And, um, and then fellow workers saw me always taking home art supplies, and they got curious. I see. So when the lawyer uh, commissioned me, I had to deliver it there. And from there... Other people that I worked with started commissioning me to do things for them. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it branched out a little more, and I did things for other offices. But yeah, that's how it started. So that's I was 20 amazing. years old when I sold my first painting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow, congratulations on that. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, it really As an is. artist, it is a lot to say I sold, I sold a yes. painting. And then the thing that really touches home is when you think of back then, the the money and the whole, how much money was worth the dollar compared to now right? with inflation and all. Uh, we had a uh, semi-furnished apartment in a really nice area in the Bronx, New York. Uh, the month rent was $125. And my first painting I sold was for 75 That's <laughs> So you have to put that, you know, perspective to see how much that meant to me. And it, it was like, it was unbelievable to me. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. <laughs> 40 years later. Congratulations. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, and when, I mean, do you remember when you actually began to immerse yourself into the art? Well. Or were, it, you, were you then? Well, I already, well, you know, I painted as much as I could, you know, but especially weekends. It was it's nice at that time to also know that I was actually creating something for other people that they were going to actually have. And, you know, I didn't have an exhibit back then. It was really commissions. Um, really didn't get to immerse myself in art again until after I moved back to California, to Los Angeles. And not immediately, mm -hmm. because I left so many commissions in New York unfulfilled, because I, w I wasn't thinking you know, I didn't even think of the fact that I could paint here and send it back to them. I, that didn't even cross my mind, you know. So it was several years uh, of being in the record business, 
and working for Paramount for a writer. And also, and, and these all, are all straight jobs. Yeah, what we call straight jobs as yeah. an artist. Uh-huh. Calls and them. also, uh, I took performing arts at uh, Inner City Cultural Center. So in the seventies, I also was doing a little acting. Mm. So as far as immersing myself back is when I started working at Paramount Pictures uh, a few years after I had moved back here. So around 26, 27. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And then working for a writer, it's so interesting that you bring that up because here you are not only just an artist, you are also a poet, a writer. <laughs> <laughs> You have just brought in every part of your life and uh, uh, just has, you have this beautiful foundation, this beautiful world that you've created around yourself. It's fantastic. Well, it's amazing to me. Every, every ounce of it is amazing to me, but it's just that uh, situations and things happen and then something pops up and you say, oh, I'd like to try that. Why don't I give that a try? Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to do that because all of the things I've done to date helped me be a better artist and also a better businesswoman at marketing the mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that, that is always something. You know, how do you market your art? And you are exceptional with that. I keep trying to think of something new every day. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Well, that's what's, fa- I mean, that's what, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're really so inspirational. You know, since I've known you, it's always been one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And you're always, it's almost like this flower that doesn't stop blossoming, you know, and all each petal is always different that you lay out. I mean, today you come and you present me with three new pieces of your art, which is your books, then uh, that's which is amazing. I mean, I'd love to bring one of them. Can we bring one of them up, Segovia? Can we bring the one? Um, this is uh, the one which I love, uh, which is this. Uh, this is one of my favorite photos of you, Cynthia. I, mean, <laughs> I was literally. looking at Kiku. Oh, were you? Yeah, it was perfect. Candid, this candid is really shot, perfect. It's shot. like, you yeah. know, and can I touch you? A collection of love poetry. I mean, this photo of you, Cynthia, is is so fantastic because literally when 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 I was saying earlier, oh, you just painted those clouds. <laughs> you literally did. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. It's such a fantastic picture. Now, can you tell us a little bit about this book that you've released? Well, um, I would say about a year or two after I had become more active in painting in New York. So I was like 21, 22. I was also writing poetry. Mm. You know, again, not schooled, just from my heart, and um, managed to do that for some time. And I still have quite a bit of it I have never put out, and I'm getting ready to publish another one. <laughs> because That's there's the such- new pedal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready to put, put that out and probably within the next two months. And I said, well, I've always wanted to share this. It had been done. Um, nowadays it would be called spoken word, but it had mm-hmm. been read and released as a, a, what was that called? A tape, a cassette, was uh, released back in the early 90s. And I actually read my poetry in a studio outside of D.C., and then I had affirmations that I had written, and Melba Moore read those in a studio in New Jersey, and it was compiled with a background of jazz music. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was the first time this particular book, but it had never been in print. So I wanted to put it in print. Do um, you know whatever happened to that? Oh, I still have it. I even have a, the, a master of it put onto a CD. I still have it. And they don't sell that CD. I mean, it's so easy no. to sell it. Oh, no. That's something I That's could, your next... It's already there. Yeah, I know. It's, it's something I'll just... The only thing I want to check into is to make sure it's all clear on yeah. rights. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that would be really lovely to go with this book. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. such a beautiful well, set. There's, there's, there's that. Um, and then and I just such... love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's there. Um, and timely. Like I said, now it'd be called spoken word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. It was wonderful that Melba also did that, her part on it as well. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah. you have. Yes, I would say get onto that one for yeah. sure. Okay, so this is one book that you surprised me with. And then this one is your next book, which is Living My Dream. Okay. Now, that's an art marketing book. That's What that really is is the story of my art career. Uh, from um, from the time I first realized five that I wanted to do this, and I have and, to show, so you have to bring this back up because there's a little photo of her right here. Yeah, when I was when five. Was five <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some PS, some number in in uh, New York. Um, but basically, uh, it it kind of does that whole history of my life with a focus on the art. Mm. Um, uh, short chapters. Uh, what it does is it tells about my mistakes and what I learned from them. At the end of each chapter, there are marketing tips on yeah. how to do this the better way, what I learned. Mm, wonderful. Um, and it goes straight up into the 2011 because it was uh, released in November of uh, October of 2011, but straight up into uh, August of that year. Uh, then what I also did, uh, at the end of the book, I have all of the uh, marketing tips recapped. And then I chose 31 of my uh, I wills, according to St. James, to put in there as affirmation for artists. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so How inspiring. And you, you had mentioned that they're using this book in Some colleges? universities have used it. Um, I was very honored that I was nominated for a 2012 Image Award, NAACP oh. Image Award. Under Outstanding Literary Work Instructional. That's kind of heavy, huh? That is, I was going to say, okay, that's another pedal. <laughs> Congratulations on that. You see, Cynthia and I have not seen each other for a while, so I get to get caught up on this interview as well. Wow, to, get an, to be nominated for an Image Award. And to me, that means you won an award. Yes. Because the most important part is what happens in-house when the committee goes through the books. They choose, I believe it's four in each category. Then it becomes literally a uh, pop- popularity contest because then it's people that are members that vote that are not there from all over the you know, right. United States and parts of the world. And, and in my category, I'm so sorry I don't remember the other woman's name, but I can tell you the two men that were in my category was uh, T.D. Jakes and, and Tavis Smiley. So, of course, T.D. Jakes won <laughs> with his ministries and all the people that could vote for him. Yes. Right, yes. yes. 
Yes. I applaud NAACP for the, one of the best fundraisers they could ever have put together. Uh, Between the show and the people coming to the show and having to be a member to vote, that's really an incredible yes. left side brain move. Yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've been around for a while. Uh-huh. Yes. So, well, congratulations on that yeah. nomination for this book. That's <laughs> magnificent. And, I, yes. I mean, I, well, really, Cynthia, for me to see your book in colleges, in the system, you know, educating the next generation or inspiring for me is the inspiration because, you know, we always hear with art is like, oh, you may never make money, you know, oh, how yeah. can I make a living? It's so daunting. And, and you just want to say to people, yes, but art is art. Mm-hmm. And, and it's at a whole new level now, you know, with the internet, with the way people are connecting you know, it's not like they have to come to the city and that's the only place they're going to see it. Right. Right. They can see your work internationally now through your site, through websites, through awards that you win. People are really connecting up quite fast. So I'm I remember that I had a, a publisher in New York and the facts just the first time the facts came out. <laughs> and he was just so excited to send me this facts from New York. He said, Cynthia, is it here yet? Is it there? You know, and he, was, and he was Swedish. He had a very Swedish accent. So I'm like on the other end in Los Angeles waiting for this fax to come in. Remember those first faxes? The thermal paper. Yes. And so they, they faded after time. So yes. you had a fax, but then it disappears. Yes. Right. Yes. Actually, I've, I just recently found some uh, old scripts and things like that. or uh, um, And I just went, oh, I think it's time to photocopy you. <laughs> right. Uh, before, before you die. actually fade. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they were trying to do that with your artwork? Um, what? Make with my images artwork? of your art? No, no, no. He was just sending me a, a, a contract. He just wanted me to see. He just loved the fact that it was going to be almost instant <laughs> that I got it. Right. And then we look at how instant everything is now. That's completely different. right. I mean, look at you. You can show us your art Every, all the time now. Look at you. You have your own TV program. It, it, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I would like to, oh, this, this is so beautiful too. I mean, it really just your covers are gorgeous. Um, and Isn't that amazing? And I didn't even have to pay anybody for the cover. I, I, can, yeah, I can use my you know, own stuff. I, I really want to meet this artist. I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just going to take this piece and put it behind me. It'll be the new yoga hub, you know. <laughs> oh, the one that you're logo. in love with. Oh, uh, the totem. The totem is beautiful. I've got, how many pieces of yours am I in love with, please? <laughs> oh, the totem. Ah, but I'll have yes. to remember that. Yes, here is the totem. Look at this. And it's on your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the I wills according to St. James. Don't you like that pun? Book one. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. <laughs> now, this is gorgeous. You want, you, would you like to tell us a little bit well, about this I, painting? Well, um, I read a couple of uh, books and um, some time ago, and uh, one that I fell in love with spoke of something so almost alien to most cultures and this Aborigine culture um, where I developed the I wills. Um, I can't quote them for you, but there's like 10 within their whole uh, scheme of thinking and life Mm. that they follow. My favorite one that I changed to an I will, because I can't remember exactly what it says, 
But the most important key is there's no thou shall not. So it's like the other side of commandments. It's like, what will I do? Okay. My favorite one is I will indulge in music. Uh, Now that's one of the 10 principles. I will indulge in music. Mm. And from reading those two books and reading about uh, that whole history, the Aborigine and and things that happened in Australia, um, I came up with what a nice concept. So to date I've written about 265 I wills. And I decided it was so past time to put out one of them. So I said, choose a hundred and make it book one. Mm. And then there's all the room under it for an individual to write, to create their own affirmations Mm -hmm. or to add Mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a workbook. That's fabulous. It's a personal workbook. I'll actually open it so people can see the inside. Yeah. So here's, the example of a page. So the affirmation is on the top, and this whole other area so. is for your art. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, number 21, I will forgive so that I will be free. How wonderful is that? Oh, so I can just start right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is just gorgeous. So these are the newest books that you have. I know that you have, I have your cookbook and I have your journal book, but those are all upstairs. <laughs> those are, those I can't show the inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I mean, have you, do you have other books out there? Well, they're children's books. You have the whole series of children's well, books. Well, I've done, um, written and illustrated three but I also total 13 children's picture books. Then there are also four activity books. So there's 17 children's books. 17? Yeah. Then there's a, a, a book called Girlfriends, which is poetry and prose. Yes. A gift book. I think you have that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And there's the cookbook. Beautiful. Yeah. And then, of course, as I mentioned, it was a cassette of, of the I can, can I Touch You cassette. Yeah. That's what. Now, and I'm sure I'm which, forgetting one. Sorry? I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I know I have a book of postcards, too. So are you still selling these, or are, you, are they out of print? Or um, are you... All of the ones that, that, you've, that you have are all out of print. All except, out of print. Except for the new ones I just put right. over today. Yeah. Oh, you should bring some of them back. They're wonderful. <laughs> oh, you know, but onward, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. The next pedal, the next pedal. Yeah, I got to go on to the next one. Yes, right. yes. Um, so, so my goodness, this is so wonderful. Um, Cynthia, we, I have uh, the, the piece, the Sisters of Providence here mm-hmm. up on the screen right now, which you have gifted to us. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain um, how you came up with this painting? What inspired yes. you? And um, forgive me for not remembering every single thing, because every painting that I create, I do so much research. But um, a friend of mine, Arnold Schaefer, that worked with Sisters of Providence, which is the hospitals, too, all over the place. You know, there's the one in Burbank, but they're in every major city uh, and so many countries of the world. They have missions. So he wanted to do something that, for me to do something that had something to do with the history behind them. 
and there were three major nuns involved where it started. The mission started in Canada to help the poor and elderly. Uh, since that time in the 1800s, I'm going to say around 1850s, I'm not quite sure, uh, they branched out and down to Seattle, uh, other parts of Canada, Seattle, um, other parts of Washington. And then in, and after time, they've, they're in Chile, El Salvador, uh, Morocco, Haiti, uh, I can't even, some of the, like Korea, the Phil, oh no, it's the Philippines, they're in the Philippines, um, and, um, and the, the Alaska and, and all the, around, uh, working with a lot of the native people in Alaska, and it's just so many, I mean, it ended up being this incredible painting for me at three by four feet to include all of the places that they had touched to date. Yeah, I mean that—that's to me what was amazing, um, and and that's that's the thing about pieces of art to know where it's come from it, out of the artist's heart, because you know in this painting, the way you pointed out um, the different cultures, the different nationalities, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think you were saying the Korean. This one, was yes, Korean. that's the Korean. Yes, right. And right. you know what? I, I had to change it. That's actually the Philippines. Oh, that's the Philippines. Yes. Okay. And then this this one here looks like a, a native. That is. Is that a you native know, or is, Mexican? Probably Chile is above it. Okay, so there's El Chile. Salvador involved. There's three. Um, yeah, El Salvador, Chile. There's three altogether. I can't remember right now, but they're more uh, that. Latin countries. Right. And, yeah. the, and then Haiti is... Haiti, is the, the Caribbean, here, Haiti. Caribbean. And then in the, the middle there, it's Africa. Do you see the woman that's mouth is covered with purple and the black? Um, oh, right here? Right. Okay, so this is Africa here. Right, that's okay. Africa. And then, uh, you know, the guy up, up just below the nuns, I put a Wild Wild West man there. You see he has on like a little vest. He's, he's representing oh, this, the West. This fellow here? Yeah, he's yes. representing the West. <laughs> See, I, I mean, this is like yeah. so cool to go through this. It's like, wow. <laughs> right, and the Cameroons, too. Another part of Africa, the Cameroons. Oh, that's to the far right. This is to the far right. Yeah, yeah, that's Over it. Here? That's the Cameroons. My goodness. Yeah. And then this is uh, Alaskan. Yeah, the Alaskan, Alaskan, Alaskan Indians. Indian. Uh huh. And then now, so now you were saying that they don't dress in habits anymore? <laughs> no, the sisters <laughs> of Providence, they just wear that pin. They, they wear the, the pin. A P, yeah. Wow, it's a that's... P with a cross inside of it. Hmm. Yeah. That's wow, this a fantastic piece of history here. Mm -hmm. Really fantastic. Well, one, I mean, they're Canadian. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, from 18 in the 1800s. That's why I bought that particular one. Thank you so much. What a beautiful <laughs> gift. What a beautiful gift. Now you have to explain it all to my son. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. I will. As he's learning, as he grows up and he starts to learn more and more of the countries and the cultures, this is a magnificent piece. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Really, well, truly. Um, so, so, Cynthia, we do have uh, so many pieces of your art that uh, we'd love to show and uh, and have you share with us okay. what those pieces are. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was that call that came in 1996 from the U.S. Postal Service, and I wondered how they got my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> a good little watching. New York girl. A, a good little New York girls, we do not list our phone numbers. <laughs> 
so uh, I fa- listed it for it, you. Well, I, fa- I found out later. They got it through a book publisher. I had done a book cover. We forgot to say I've done over 70 book covers. Oh. Yeah. So uh, that's how they found me. And they actually asked me to do a stamp, to do the Kwanzaa stamp. That was a year that they put out uh, Hanukkah, Cinco de Mayo, and Kwanzaa. That was what they had decided to do that year. So I was chosen to do the stamp. Uh, yeah, so that came out in 97 October. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, you know, I have sheets of that. <laughs> when I knew it was your artwork, I was like, oh, that's Cynthia's. <laughs> yeah, collector's items. Yes, I've right. got it all. The, you know, all and you know, sheets. I was so kind of low-key and shy about it in the beginning that I didn't use my own stamps to send out things. And then I had saved up, and it was a 32, 33, 34, and 37 cent stamp. So it had wow, a long they repeated it so yeah, many years. Yeah, so it had a, a long life. But then after a while, when I got over all of the commotion and the excitement and the, and the attention I was getting, I would send a package that was priority. If I was sending it to a publisher or someone I wanted to work with, I would just use all of my stamps. It would be like a whole bunch of them on a priority package. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. That's I know I used your stamps on on several years of, of uh, my Christmas mailings when uh-huh. I used to mail cards and things. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Well, yes, I, I love that. So I'm sure you have quite a few of them too, right? <laughs> I have. Uh, in fact, I'm, I've got to give you the program from the first issue day at the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles. Oh, my I have goodness. the actual program. I have several left. Oh, so lovely. they're really collectors, especially for your son. Oh yes, because he collects stamps. Okay, well, this that, will that's be... what I'm saving all all the stamps for. Is, okay, well, is basically have for the him. First yeah. Program. yeah, he is just immersed in stamps. Okay, well, I've got to remember that when I get home. My whole program is really nice. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, Nathan, well, just give us a good excuse to get together again. Yes. Yeah. We've got the Chinese theater and we've got this. There you go. Right. Um, Sigilvi, you brought up a picture. Oh, yes. I, you know, I have another little um, wonderful, to me it's an honor and and a title in a sense that I am an ambassador for Susan G. Coleman for The Cure. Mm. And um, someone that's been doing a little work for me recently told me I'm actually listed on their site as a global ambassador. Oh, lovely. Yeah. But they came to me. uh, They wanted awareness, African-American female awareness Mm. of breast cancer and, and came up with a program called Circle of Promise. So they commissioned me to do the painting. Mm. Circle of Promise. And that photo is from the uh, unveiling at the museum, museum in Washington, D.C. Mm, That's right after I unveiled it at a luncheon. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. And what happened nice. with that is they um, had a limited edition prints that they sold from their site to raise funds for more research. Uh, this, this, um, you, you have quite a history and, uh, of, of uh, these commissioned paintings that they they sell the prints of, yeah. After that's been quite a, a large part of my art career, beginning in '92. I've been mm-hmm. doing things for nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, magnificent. What do we have next, Mr. Smith? <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah. Here's a huge honor. Oh, look at the baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Here's a huge honor. Um, I'm trying to remember the year. I'm going to say 
it was in 2010, the end of the year, 2010. A friend of mine was in development at Africare in, in Washington, D.C., and they're involved with all programs from water to whatever, or, and particularly Africa. Mm-hmm. And I remember when President Obama received that, uh, what prize was that he received? Was it a Nobel Peace Award? Was that in 2010? I know he, he received yeah, it was somewhere, one of it was somewhere it, yes. around that time. Um, this is the organization that he gave most of the money to. Oh. Just to give you an idea, uh, Honorable Nelson Mandela has has been a part of that organization forever, mm. and so they were giving him a lifetime chief achievement award. Oh. So I painted this painting, and uh, we had it duplicated as a, a G clay on canvas and framed and with a plaque on the bottom for him as a mm. lifetime achievement award. Oh, and and. Yeah, and his daughter and his grandson accepted for him at a, a ceremony in D.C. Mm, yeah, lovely. Right. Wow, that's cool. That's an honor. Yeah. Well, that was that was an honor. You know, I may have been commissioned to create an honor for someone else, but yeah. that was an honor for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My goodness, to know that your artwork is there. Yeah. And on uh, and you you made a mention. I'm going to detour a little bit while Segovia brings up the next image. Now, how, how many embassies is your artwork in? I know, and it's, believe me, it's not for fact because I can't keep up, and you're not really sure in that program, but I know for sure four. Oh, my goodness. I know for, for sure four. Um, I know, and I, in my mind, I can't even tell you exactly where, but then I looked myself up. I Googled it, and I found out that, I, that some of the art had been exhibited in other countries of the world as well. Mm. You know, so... Definitely the Western Hemisphere, but also Europe and parts of Asia. Um, How exciting! Yeah. I wonder if they, I, I wonder if they could uh, give you a list of, or well, I, let went, you I know. went on I went on a site and I saw what it was under. You know, so I know that uh, the Bahamas, I know Ghana, I know Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, I believe Venezuela, Venezuela are the the places. No, there was one more where my art actually um, hung in the embassies. Mm. But then at times they periodically have uh, exhibitions of art and embassies artists. Right, right. Yeah. Now, are these, uh, um, so so you lend your paintings to them to? Well, there's several ways that it's done. Um, Only on one occasion did uh, one of the embassies spokesperson come directly to me to purchase something. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say that probably they're mostly purchased. Back then I had more uh, distributors, and they were more prints. Mm -hmm. There were more prints that they could purchase. But the one piece that was bought directly for me was a really nice G-clay on canvas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Ooh, here's a nice one. Beautiful. This is um, part of my Haitian series. I've done Haitian series. I've been working on a Haitian series. So that's Le Carnival. And so I just enjoyed painting that big stilt dancer first and so I can make sure everybody else was in proportion. (laughs) (laughs) Especially the people way in the back. Now, did you spend time in Haiti? No, no. My heart, my heart, I couldn't do that. I've done work for Haiti. Uh, One of the nonprofits I've worked with is Child of Haiti. Mm. I've done fundraisers for them. I will be doing more. But um, as that sensitive person I am, I cannot go and, and look at the poverty and, and call it a vacation. 
Oh, yes, yes, you know, yes There's so yes. many people that do that. I can't understand it. Yeah. But I'm bringing some of the, the spiritualism and the history and, and the culture through these 14 paintings so far that I've mm-hmm. painted. Wonderful. Yeah. One of my favorite authors, Lisa C. Lisa C. Lisa C. She's done, um, that's a, something in the, come on, Cynthia, you have to help me. <laughs> oh, all all of her books are bestsellers. Uh, one was made into a movie, and I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, this painting was from that. It's called Old Same. It's mm. about two uh, girls from uh, different villages that become together connected mm. through the person that normally would be connecting marriages or arranging marriages. It's beautiful. Something in this. I, isn't that horrible? I can't remember the name of it. But the b- butterflies connecting them is part of the freedom that they didn't have once they were about five because mm. they couldn't go outside because they couldn't get their skin darkened because they were being primed for who best would want to marry them. Oh. And they were going through all of the squishing toe thing and oh, all yes, of that. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so for them, one of the little girls wanted to be as free as a butterfly. That butterfly meant so much that they could just fly. And all they could do is peer out of a window. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Mm. But Lisa C. has at least, I've read all her books, Shanghai Girls. Mm. I've heard of it. Shanghai. Well, this was uh, the the very first one that was made into a movie. And, uh, of course, I'll remember later. (laughs) Yeah. But Lisa C. Okay. Well, we have to look that one up. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Now, um, as we're kind of coming... close to the top of our hour right now, Cynthia. I, I also want to touch in a little bit about all your work that you're doing in all these schools and uh, colleges and universities. I mean, you received an honorary doctorate, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Cynthia St. James. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Hi, Doc. No. <laughs> no, well, it's kind, it's kind of sweet um, when I go to a college and university and that's they, that's what they call you, Dr. St. James. <sighs> You know, it's formal, but it's kind of nice. Yes. It's kind of a nice. Uh, it's an honor that was given me for all the work I have done. Mm. So it's a, a doctor of humane letters. Mm. So mm. it's what I've what I've been able to accomplish in a career and what I've done you, for others. You look like you're... I know. Graduating. Look at this. I I told you all that you wouldn't believe this was a 40 year career. (laughs) But isn't that something? And here's the funny part when they, because I knew nothing about graduations, when they said something about fitting me for a hood, all I could think of was the KKK. (laughs) So here I am being hooded, which means that that is the, that's the piece of material that says I'm this doctor and what kind of doctor I am by the color of it and everything. Oh. So after the ceremony, that is part of what you take home with you. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> but you don't have to wear it after that, right? Well, no. If I go to, if I'm visiting a college and I'm at a commencement or whatever, they mm. like for you to dress in what, you know. So I'll just take that with me. I see. And then there's a doctorate TAM that I have too. There's a special TAM. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You didn't know what you were getting into, right? (laughs) You, who is so casual and free. (laughs) And I feel so funny when I put it on. I feel like a little kid. You you look like a little kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. They got to find a small gown for me. You know? There you go. And look at yeah. this. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, there's. Well, uh, this is all in the same. This is in the same year. This is just before the honorary doctorate <laughs> in March of 2010. Uh, NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners, inducted mm. me into the Hall of Fame. Oh, and I was the first brilliant. artist, of course. You know, because I was kind of cracking up. I'm in the Hall of Fame now. I must really be getting old. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that was at the ceremony. Oh. Right. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> really gorgeous. Oh. So so your work with the, with the universities, mm-hmm. you, you go and you, do you oh. actually teach or well, you know, do presentations? Well, you know, it's, very, it's been very interesting for me because there's been things that I've been oh. doing that I've never done before. I've actually don't want to be away from home too long. Mm-hmm. But I, to date, I've done three two-week artists and residencies wow. at the uh, university, uh, St. Augustine's University in Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. actually where I received uh, my honorary doctorate. And we're also where we're doing getting the seed money together for the Cynthia St. James Fine Art Institute, which will, is going to be there in a scholarship form for young women to pursue an art career. Is that a woman's university? No, it's not. But I want to designate it for women. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Oh, a scholarship under your name. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Only takes one. <laughs> right. Oh, very nice. And and so so you go there for two weeks and you work with the Well, what I the do, they actually have a... Uh, oh, you'll love this, Christina. One of my classes that I've taught I believe I've done it two times. Yeah, two times so far. The name of the of, of the is the I wills, according to St. James, the I wills. Mm-hmm. And what happens in that course, there's an instructor that's there after I leave who's creative writing professional and teacher. Uh, I teach them how to write and illustrate a book, more like a children's book. But they have to choose one or two of the I wills that I give them to base their book on mm. yeah so it's it's not just the art as in painting but is also the art in writing and the or... writing and then um i've taught a, a business class uh, using the book using my book a business class uh it was required reading in the english class in the it, in the english class yes yeah so that particular oh. school uh my main university uh, actually utilized it and, and purchased about 330 copies mm. for the bookstore, which a kid, of course the kids have to buy as part of their course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, very nice. That was very nice to see something like that happen with it. Um, other than that, I, I teach, sometimes I just go in and lecture mm-hmm. uh, the business of art. I teach the business of art. Um, it depends on the what program or what they like me to do. And normally while I'm there, I visit other uh, elementary schools and sometimes high schools. Just go out into the community a little bit. Mm, yeah. Mm, that's so wonderful. I've, and oh, my God, I just remembered something else. Yes. Last time I was there in September, I co-wrote a play on Kwanzaa for children. <gasps> so now I'm a playwright. Oh, <laughs> I'm a playwright. How um, fun. So the theater department uh, used some neighborhood children as well as the acting students, acting class, and they presented the play this past December. So I also have spoken in the, in the acting department as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Another pedal. (laughs) (laughs) And all this, you know, I think it's a a tribute to them because they've utilized all sides of my talent. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, how does it make you feel to come to the stage in your life where where everything you've learned and you continue to learn. Oh, yes, yes. You're, you're inspiring so many generations. How does that make you feel? Well, you know, it feels, what's very interesting about it is that one of the things that my mom told me, um, being the one that really knew I wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. uh, her idea back in the late 60s was, well, go, maybe I could go to college and, and become a um an art teacher, and then back then in the summer, paint. Now, here's the full degree. I've mm. done all of this stuff, and now I'm teaching in colleges. <laughs> and I have a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, so, now, I, I, are, they, are your parents still around? Um, one mom. One, one mom. Because I, you know, I have more than one mom, but yeah. one, mom is, one mom is here. She's the peacock. She, uh, yeah, and I mean, what does she think about all this? Well, I'll tell her something right through here, uh, and I'll say, "Well, Mom, guess what? Such and such a school came through, and I'm gonna get to go spend a week. I'm getting ready to spend a week at Cheney University in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and teach and lecture and do things and exhibit." And she says, "You go, Doctor J- St. James. You go, Doctor St. James." <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dr. St. James. You know, stuff like that. That's wonderful. <laughs> that is really yeah. wonderful. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, so she's really, and then, but her favorite, well, she loves that, but her favorite was the Trumpet Award. You do have a picture of the Trumpet Award. Yes. It's, that I, it's, is a, a award similar to the Academy Award, but it's for civil rights. Okay. So is. everybody from Sydney Portier. And you're in a suit. That's the first time I've seen you in a suit. Uh, Joffrey actually designed that for me and made a little Asian flair since he knew that's what I like. Yes. Yeah, but he designed that exactly for me. I mean, it's even got my name on the inside of the jacket and all that other stuff. But yeah, he, um, yeah, so Mm. basically this award, you would think of anybody from uh, Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, Sidney Poitier, Lena Horne. Uh, nowadays, Angela Bassett, our um, Earth, Wind, and Fire just recently received one. Mm. It's it's a realm of of people and what they've done mm. in their lifetime. And, uh, of course, Johnny Cochran received one. Um, and so basically what it was, I was the first painter to receive this award. You set yeah. the trail. Yeah, so there's a trumpet award and, and celebrating what I've done uh, as a painter and for civil rights and and. The different people I've worked with. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's <sighs> telephies all over the world. That's <laughs> it's del- and, you know they st- some people still see it in repeats. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to uh, Google it and oh, you watch have to, it on, oh, online. Well, you know what? I'm going to send it to you so you can see my little acceptance speech. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh, I wish we had it for here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next time. Yeah. The hardest part was to get off that stage. Because you're in the auditorium is close to 5,000 people. Mm. Plus, you know it's being aired internationally. It will be. And once it's edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, just get up on that stage and do. And then in my case, a couple of the men that received the awards actually broke down in tears on the stage. And see, I cry easy. 
But when you see a man cry, it's even easier to cry. So my whole thing was, I'm going to get off this stage and I'm not going to cry. And then, and then when I, and I didn't, and then when I turned around, and almost felt like it, you go backstage and everybody's ready to take your picture and interview you. So then you've got to, you know, sit upper lip again. <laughs> and then after a while you're just dazed because what are you going to do? You got to go to the after party and you still have to walk through and be dazed. Right. And, yeah. and for you, this is all an evening affair. Uh, well, yeah, at least they start late afternoon so by the time they're finished it's not too bad yeah well yeah no, for me the good thing well this of course is... I, I wasn't at home I was in Atlanta Georgia so that helped too oh okay that that helps you a lot right, right. yes you see Cynthia wakes up very early in the morning to go for her beach walk at 5 a.m so, <laughs> so <laughs> she's I... already at the beach at 5 a.m <laughs> right right yeah so it throws the schedule off a little so oh my goodness so they, that is not um they haven't aired that yet. My Trumpet Awards? Yes. Oh, yeah. It, it they, aired and they it repeated. Did. This was, see, those, the amazing thing about that, um, the doctorate, the um, Hall of Fame inductee, and this Trumpet Award all happened in the same year, mm. back to back. One was in January. The Trumpet Award taped was in January. Um, March was the inductee. And May was the doctorate. Well, they say it happens in threes. Oh my God, that was a, that was so much. And then you had to take the next year to recover, <laughs> yeah. and still have to figure out. Well, now I've got some more awards. How am I going to make some money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. um, so, the, is there any uh, any prints that you want us to bring up before we end our show here? Um, it comes oh to close? yes. Uh, very important. I feel like this is one of my most important pieces. It's called The Dream. Mm. It's celebrating the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington and also the I Have a Dream speech by mm. Dr. King. Mm. And okay. I took key elements from uh, the speech and created this painting, uh, which is going to be unveiled officially at the state capitol on August the 29th in Sacramento. This year? Yeah. So Next it's not month. been unveiled yet. We get a little sneak peek Yeah, you peek get a of sneak it. peek, and it's going to be officially yes, unveiled. This. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at this, what is it called? The California State Assembly. Cheryl, Assemblywoman Cheryl Brown uh, created this event, you know, mm. to celebrate this. Uh, so, yeah, celebrating 50 years mm. Mm. since the march. Uh, so uh, I definitely published this as a print and as a... Uh, limited edition print on a canvas as well. Mm. Yeah. This is this is only a piece of it. It's yeah. not the full painting, right. right? Just so that it's just to wet everybody's whistle here. Yes, <laughs> All right. So that's Gorgeous. I have a whole pre-publication sale on my website for that piece too. You know what I what I love about your your pieces of art, Cynthia is. I always look at all the different people and I try to make out, okay, African-American, mm-hmm. Asian, you know, it's like I'm trying to make out all the different yes. nationalities that you have. And I try to cover everything the best I can. You know, in the center there, you do see part of the, the speech when he speaks of Jews and Gentiles, black and white, mm-hmm. Catholic and Protestant. So you look at that straight, a line across just above where his arms are raised mm-hmm. and you see them all together. Because part of that speech is, is really about singing. 
if you read if you read that if you go back and read that mm-hmm. it's about free at last that whole kind of a spiritual um song um uh, as well as uh our country tis of thee mm-hmm. that's part of it so it was really my thought was it just looks like everyone's gathered together to celebrate and song mm-hmm. yeah Ah, music and art. <laughs> Hopefully when you're up there, you can inspire them to put that all back in the schools again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's why I've even go, have been able to go around or have gone around more mm-hmm. because um, there are some sections that I'm just learning about in education, higher education, especially for historically black colleges or schools that are uh, more culturally mixed. There's something called Title Three where that it allots for some special money for education in the arts. Mm-hmm. Title three. Yeah. Title three. You know, some of the things that we're not getting. Right. It, it doesn't just cover the arts. It covers some of the other things or bringing in lecturers. But part of it is the arts. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, I know that uh, we're, uh, my son's at a title one, mm-hmm. which is the lowest of the low, and you're not allowed to use any of the funding for arts. Wow. That's sad. That's very sad. Uh, you cannot use it for arts or music. Okay. Which is like, that's, that's the foundation of these young minds yes, is yeah. art, music, and it's already been proven over and over again how it helps them. That creative side helps their linear side for the language and for the mathematics and things. Well, they, no one can be well-rounded unless they're able to release on both sides, yeah. left and right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. So, right. Oh, dear, thank you so much for all the work that you keep putting out there. We have a question that actually came in, which was actually going to be one of my last questions to you, is uh, what would you say to an artist just starting out? Uh, okay. Now, I'm going to think of it like this. They must be talking about a young adult or a teenager or something like that. But the thing would stay the same, no matter if they were six years old. Uh, Basically, not to ever lose sight of their passion, Uh, go for it, but always have a backup. Mm. So have another thing that you can do that brings in money to take care of yourself and Mm. to even buy the supplies. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So always have like a, a B plan just to augment your income. Exactly like what you did. Well, you I keep were, doing. You were an accountant, and yeah. and you did your art on the side, and then you went and worked in the film industry, right? And mm-hmm. and for a writer, you had this on the side. That yeah, yeah. So you've got to have something else because. Um, you have to diversify, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, I cannot, even after all these years, I can't sit at home and say, well, one of my paintings is going to sell, so that'll take care of that. You know, it's what else can I do with the knowledge I have and how can I make my art available on all levels, mm. budgets from $10 and up, you know, mm. yeah. And no one's going to knock on the door and knock it down and discover you. Yeah. <laughs> That's another part. That's a, right. Yes, market, market, market. Yeah. Right. It's like it's. Uh, yes, this would. It, this would be. This would be the best gift for the young artist. Yeah, <laughs> who's able to read and follow yeah. along. Of right. Course. I think that would be helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, Cynthia, for honoring us here. I, I, we had, I mean, thank you for inspiring us and continuing to do so. I, I look forward to uh, the next interview where I, I see which new petals have unfolded. <laughs> and, and I look forward to the one where I'll be sitting on that side interviewing you. Oh, let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that. Oh, that's yeah. so great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my dear sister and friend. And, and of course, I would love to thank uh, Segovia Smith and our Yoga Hub team for making this possible. And to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support. And we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. As you know, we are always grateful for your feedback, your support, any comments or suggestions. Give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste. YHTV's Trinity of Life. Come join me, Christina Suzama, as I journey to find the many modalities that support individuals, from children to adults to elders, with topics ranging from health and wellness, meditation, and inspirational stories. I invite you to visit yogahub.tv every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern.